Good afternoon, Augusta and surrounding areas. Welcome to WKZK for the May 27th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. This is Janice Allen Jackson, and this show is brought to you by the Augusta Regional Airport and Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, my consulting firm. Today's topic is the elections again for June 9th. Today, we're going to feature candidates for Augusta Super District 9, as well as uh, talk some about the characteristics of a good commissioner. Over the last three weeks, we've talked about the ballot. We've done an overview of the ballot and the My Voter Paid system by the Georgia Secretary of State's office. We have talked about the role of commissioners and heard from our District 1 candidates. And we have talked about how you can elect someone you can trust. And we heard from the District 3 candidates. Today, as I said, we'll be hearing from three of the Super District 9 candidates. And as well, we'll be talking a little bit about the interaction between commissioners and how it is that they work together to get things done for you. Uh, first off, though, before I get going, I want to talk a little bit more about how you listen to some of those shows. As I indicated over the last few weeks, we've talked about various topics to prepare you for the June 9th election. And I know some of you may have missed some of those shows. So I want you to know that they are posted in a number of different places to make them easy for you to access if you miss them. And you can listen to the show at any of those opportunities. As you know, we're always here on Wednesdays at 1.30 p.m. on WKZK, but I am also always on my website. That is the website for my consulting business, www.JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. I post all of my shows there. I also post all of the shows on the SoundCloud platform, and I know some of you may not be experienced in the use of SoundCloud, but it's really easy. If you just uh, type in in your browser, SoundCloud slash local matters, my page will come up and all of my prior shows will be listed there. If you follow me, it makes it easier for me for you to show to find those shows when it's time for you to look for them. And some people indicate that they really like listening to it in the podcast format because they can listen anytime. They don't have to be in front of their radio or their computer at a specific time. Uh, they can go at any time, day, night. They do it while they're riding in their vehicles, while they're out exercising. Uh, and what have you. They can listen to any of the shows. As you know, all the shows are 30 minutes. So it's just the right amount of time for you uh, to to listen to a podcast on a topic of it related to issues that are important to you. Also, uh, for those who are connected with me on Facebook, I post all of the shows on Facebook. And even if you aren't connected with me, I make the shows public. So you can go in and listen to those shows anytime you get ready if you're on Facebook, as well on LinkedIn at my professional profile. And I also have a Twitter page. The handle there is at J-A-J-A-S-S-O-C-L-L-C, which again is an abbreviation for my uh, consulting business. So in addition to WKZK, there are five places you can listen to this show uh, anytime that you're ready uh, to receive uh, news and information that is useful to you. 
I also want to make you aware of the fact that I have recorded two special editions of Local Matters. Those are 15-minute segments where I have interviewed a couple of candidates, and you may ask, well, how did those candidates get those 15-minute interviews? They got those because of an ad package that they purchased. So for any other candidates uh, out there, if you'd love to get a 15-minute interview uh, that can be run uh, on uh, my podcast format on SoundCloud as well as on the radio station, uh, please reach out to me. My email address is Jackson at gmail.com. Real simply, again, Janice. Alan Jackson at gmail.com. Get in touch with me. We can arrange a time to record your 15 minute segment. Uh, and this just gives people a little bit longer to talk about their backgrounds, their interest in running for office and what they hope to get accomplished. So I have those two special editions. The radio station is running those now and those as well are available on my SoundCloud platform and on my website. Uh, Also, uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about the role of commissioners. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, I talked about the responsibilities of the office. Uh, One of the things that I did not mention at that time uh, is the compensation for the office. I know sometimes people have misconceptions about uh, what it is. The compensation is actually less than $20,000 per year. Um, uh, It varies depending upon uh, whether those commissioners have completed the courses that make them a certified commissioner through uh, the Carl Vinson Institute of Government. But uh, the pay generally varies between fifteen dollars to $20,000 uh, per year for being a commissioner. So it's not a lot of money. Uh, people consider it to be public service. Uh, and in that vein, it is not intended to be a full-time job. It's intended to be part-time public service for the community. And therefore, that is what the pay is set at. Every now and then I'll have a pure conversation. People ask, well, you know, we need to pay our elected officials more money. In order to do that, that would have to be approved through the Georgia General Assembly. Uh, So there is a process for commissioners to get a raise um, that uh, is pretty extensive. Uh, uh, Something has to be passed at the local level to get the state delegation to take a look at it. And from there, they can approve or disprove any petition for our local elected officials to get pay increases. Uh, Other things I am often asked about elected officials, just in terms of how they relate to each other, how they talk and how important it is for our elected officials to be able to communicate with each other outside the meetings. Uh, We are fortunate enough in Georgia that our state law allows commissioners to have conversations with each other outside of public meetings as long as there is not a quorum of the commission or a quorum of any committee of a commission that is speaking outside the meetings. So, for instance, uh, there may be a hot issue, be it approval of a budget, approval of a zoning issue, approval of some new ordinance. Uh, It is permissible under Georgia law for commissioners to engage with with each other in small groups, that is, 
less than a quorum of the commission or less than a committee of the commission, uh, it is permissible for them to talk, uh, to lobby each other, to ask questions about a particular position, why you are supporting this topic, why you are not supporting this topic. Uh, they can indeed have those types of conversations. There actually are some states, for instance, our neighboring state of Florida, where elected officials don't have that opportunity. They are prohibited by state law um, because any with the way their law is written, anytime more than one commissioner, two commissioners are having a conversation, there has to be a public notice as long as any public policy issue or any uh, item facing uh, them in their meetings will be discussed as expected to all take place in public. So Georgia does allow some leeway with having private conversations about public business as long as uh, a majority of the board is not present for those conversations. Given those opportunities with our elected officials in Georgia, we would hope and expect that those could be constructive opportunities for elected officials to talk through issues uh, and arrive hopefully at some mutual understanding so that at the time that they come in to vote in a formal meeting, uh, a lot of questions have been answered. Perhaps some of the disagreements have been ironed out uh, and it can pave the way for approval of policy issues that affect all of us on a day-to-day -day basis. Having said that, Let's talk about some of those times when things break down in those relationships between elected officials. Last week, I made reference to the fact that people will run for office, they will make promises, and many times uh, we as members of the public get upset because we believe that a given elected official may have promised something when he or she was on the campaign trail, but then uh, once they got in office, they didn't make those things happen that they promised to us. Uh, as I discussed last week, sometimes it's not because that particular elected official did not try. Uh, I have seen many occasions where they have introduced certain pieces of legislation or certain ordinance or policy changes, uh, and they just could not get the support from their colleagues in order to get those things passed. For the Augusta Commission, we know that there has to be six votes, uh, six of the 10 votes, uh, for anything to get passed. And um, there have been many times where commissioners would get very frustrated because they're trying to deliver on the promises that they may have made to their constituents, uh, but just couldn't get it done. So having said that, and given the ability for them to talk behind the scenes to try to make some things happen, uh, one of the things that you will want in an elected official is somebody who can uh, build and uh, cultivate relationships with their colleagues in order to get things done that are beneficial. Uh, many times, as you know, that involves vote trading on issues. Uh, hey, I'll vote for you on this if you vote with me on that. Uh, they find ways to uh, arrive at agreements uh, in a way that they believe will be mutually beneficial to each other. And you, of course, would hope that whatever they decide upon in those uh, trades would be mutually beneficial for you as members of our community as well. So part of the task, even if you don't 
necessarily just love everybody on that you're working with on the commission, even if you don't uh, necessarily have a best friend relationship with your colleagues on the commission. You do want to be in a situation where you can at least pick up the phone and have a reasonable, rational discussion about why you believe a certain issue is critically important and therefore warrants their support. So there are these interpersonal skills that go along with being an effective member of an elected body. So as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, right before the District 1 show, I talked about just the skill sets and the ability to understand numbers, budgets, making hiring decisions, setting priorities for the community. All of those things are extremely important for commissioners Last week talked about the trust issue and how important it is to elect people that you really believe that you can trust to represent you. This week, I'm adding the element of the ability of a given candidate to build relationships. And when I say relationships, effective working relationships with their colleagues on the commission. The Augusta Commission is a large body. You've got those eight commissioners who are elected by districts. You've got two commissioners who are elected by super districts. Those are districts nine and 10. Then of course you have a mayor who chairs those meetings. So in many instances, if you wanna get something done, one commissioner is gonna have to talk to the 10 others to establish what their position is, why they feel like it's important and show the others why they should support him or her on that particular issue. That requires a good deal of communication, a good deal of negotiation, a good deal of persuasion, just a lot of those basic qualities that are very important when you are a commissioner, when you're an elected official. There's no such thing as a Lone Ranger mentality because the Lone Ranger cannot get a whole lot accomplished if you're trying to work for yourself. It just doesn't work that way. So today I have three of the candidates who are running for Super District 9. Uh, Those three who responded to my request to be on the show are, in this order, Charles Cummings, Francine Scott, and Gregory Hall. At this time, we'll let you hear from them. I asked them two questions like I did all the others. Question one is, what is your most significant accomplishment in your public life? And question two, if you could get one thing done if you're elected, what would that one thing be? So here they are, Charles Cummings, Francine Scott, and Gregory Hall. Thank you, Ms. Jackson, and and thank you for allowing me to be a part of your radio show. And hello to everyone in the radio listening land. My name is Charles Cummings. I'm a former Army military intelligence captain. I'm a retired businessman, candidate for Super District 9 Commission seat. The one thing that I would want to change and improve in Augusta is to, to make preparations for the disabled as well as the able to have transit throughout the city to make sure that the sidewalks and curves in the businesses allow for disabled community to make sure that our young folks are not only looked at in regards to whether their pants are hanging down, but do they have an adequate opportunity to pursue a productive future? These are the things that impact my mind the most. <clears throat> Furthermore, I would like to take a look at 
the stormwater fee. The stormwater fee, uh, it generates a million dollars a month, over a million dollars. I see signs that says your stormwater fee at work, but I don't see people working by the sign. I simply just see the sign. We need to have transparency with regard to our stormwater fee. The bus system gotta go past Barton Chapel Road and Meadowbrook. Has to go over to at least to Tobacco Road. Tobacco Road, within that area, you got 100,000 residents living around and in that area. And that road goes from Fort Gordon Gate 5 all the way to the airport. Folks to catch that bus up and down the road and up and down once the spring as well. We got to put transit out there. We cannot allow the system to make decisions that only help a few. Now, transit is a part of a critical survivability of the city. That's known because everything shut down, transit employees kept working and got a raise during the process. So if that's the case, then it got to go all over the county. The entire county pays for it, the $5 million that that uh, funds this system comes from the general fund, and the general fund is money that's generated by the taxpayer's dollars. So if they're paying into it, then they have to be a part of the, 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 the provision that the bus brings to the system. Hello. Let me reflect on the relationship that the commission should have among themselves and with the mayor and with department heads. Now, I think that first and foremost, I think each and every commissioner needs to re be reminded that they are one component and they probably don't need to be reminded, but the, the, the actual fact of it is you're only one component of a, a body of 10 which becomes an executive body that has the power to hire and fire and impose bills on various people. The way I would try to interact with those other commissioners is first of all, I want to inform my constituents, the folks in my district, which in Super District 9, you've got half of the county, that's District 1 and 2 and 4 and 5, that's basically 100,000 folks. And once they become informed, then they can have an informed reaction to things, not just re react in a way that they are kind of guided to act. They, they can react in a in an informed way because a lot of decisions are, are being made and then the aftershock comes when they find out the actual result of it. So I think it needs to be professional. I am Francine Scott, a candidate for Richmond County Commissioner in Super District 9, which composed of District 1, 2, 4, and 5. I was born and raised in Augusta, Georgia, and yes, I am a graduate of Mississippi Laney High School. My motto is first start and new ideas. I will bring integrity, experience, and progress thinking to my job as commissioner. I retired as a successful and effective state Georgia employee with 30 years of experience. I work in many capacity with the state of Georgia, my last two being the governor's office of highway safety and Georgia Department of Correction. I will bring a wealth of governmental experience to continue to help Augusta grow into a great city to, in which to live, work, and enjoy. If I can change one thing or bring one thing to the table, my decision was prompted by a desire 
to see our community prosper and grow. As Augusta native, I would like for us to afford the opportunity to offer young people an opportunity to live in a community that is bustling with activity and has jobs to sustain the type of lifestyle they desire. That requires that the government to be involved in sharing vision for Augusta that our citizens can support. Effective and competent leadership with new ideas will allow Augusta to have a fresh start and new ideas. And that's what I bring to the table, a person with fresh with the fresh start and new ideas. My priorities as a District 9 Commissioner will be to bridge the communication gap between local, state, and community leaders and stakeholders, advocate for the right economic development projects in our communities, advocate for increased investment in infrastructure for areas of concern. After I retired from the state of Georgia with 30 years of service and returned home to help care for my mother and be close to family, family after all is the background music of our lives. I am therefore looking forward to bringing my work experience to continue helping Augusta grow into this great city in which to live, work, and enjoy. I bring experience in governmental policy and procedures, community coalition, and outreach collaboration, budgetary, preparation and management in which I had the opportunity to oversee multi-million of federal and state funds. As the interagency director for the governor's office of highway safety, we organized community outreach programs and granted local governments the opportunity to apply for highway safety grants in which Augusta Richmond County were awarded highway safety grants. I left Augusta to pursue to pursue a career, but my heart was always here. Remember, you can early vote now or on June 9th, vote for Francine Scott, the candidate with a fresh start and new ideas. Hi, I'm Greg Hall. I'm running for District 9 Commission in Augusta, Georgia. Um, as a director of athletic at, at Atlanta Metropolitan State College, I was able to help over 350 male and female student athletes attend senior university and colleges. And 85% of those student athletes earn a bachelor's degree with about 50% earn advanced degrees. And what, with that, it, it, it helped me um, show, know that I could help people, especially young people, do things um, because we was on the junior college level. And um, sometimes students come to you and they don't have the prerequisite to, to attend a senior college. And we were able to help these young people to see that through hard work and everything like that, they could they could come in and work hard and they can go to senior colleges um, after they finish the two years with us. And we've had guys and, and young ladies to play college ball and all over the country. And it was it's just a good feeling knowing that I had had a prospect well, had a little piece in some young person life to help them succeed. And also, um, it's just, it's just, that was my passion early on, just working with young people. And if there's, if there's one thing I can do as a commission, a commissioner for Augusta, Georgia, it would be to create a James Brown Museum. Um, and, and what that would entail is getting with the James Brown estate and the family of James Brown and bridging whatever differences they have together to get that done. Because
because what it would do, it would help create tourism for Augusta. And that would be one of the things I would want to do. All right, this, this James Brown Museum would also create jobs. It would bring, it would bring much needed recognition to Augusta. Um, besides the masters, we know we have a lot of people coming in for the masters from all over the world. But this, this arena, this uh, museum would also create another date in the city's calendar where we'll have people coming in from all over the world to see how great Augusta is. And that would be one stepping stone, uh, one accomplishment I would want to do to help um, bring pride to Augusta and to also, again, increase tourism. And those would, that would be what, what I would concentrate on as a commission. We certainly appreciate those three candidates for joining us today. Uh, before I close, I'd like to point out a couple of things. Uh, there was a really good article in the Augusta Chronicle on Monday, Memorial Day. Uh, I've read it online, as I always do, because I don't take a written paper anymore. Uh, and, but it talked about fundraising for the various offices. Uh, for instance, those running for Senate district races, the highest uh, fundraiser, the person who has raised the most money, uh, has raised over $54,000. That would be uh, Trey Allen, who's running for Senate District 23. Uh, one of his opponents has raised over $25,000. Uh, and then uh, one of the other opponents uh, who faces no opposition in the Democratic primary, Ms. Soretta Smith, has raised over $15,000. So that gives you an idea of how much money one has to raise in order to mount a campaign for a Senate, uh, state Senate district seat. On the local side, uh, also money is required, although not as much because you think it doesn't cover as many people uh, that you have to reach there. But still, some of our local candidates have raised over $25,000, and there are at least three of those candidates who've raised between uh Twenty and twenty-five thousand, twenty and twenty-six thousand. Uh, our leading fundraiser so far appears to be uh, Sean Mooney for District Three. Uh, then you also have uh, Michael Thurman for District One, having raised over twenty-two thousand uh, dollars, and Francine Scott, who we just heard from, in District Nine, uh, having raised uh, also over uh, twenty thousand dollars. So. This idea of running for office is not inexpensive. Uh, you think about some of the things that candidates need to do. You see them with signs. You see them purchasing radio ads, sometimes TV ads, newspaper ads. All of the, those things add up. And many times candidates will need to work with volunteers to uh, help them uh, put signs out and things of that nature. So all of those things just get to be tremendously expensive, and that's why fundraising is so important. I also uh, like for the more astute voters to take a look at uh, where money is coming from. Um, that may give you some ideas about uh, how that person thinks. If you're familiar with the people who made the donations, there is oftentimes a connection in terms of similarities between who made the donations and the policy stances that those particular candidates may take. And that, again, it's more uh, information that you can use to make yourself a more informed voter. 
Um, I referenced earlier that I had recorded two special editions of Local Matters. Those are 15-minute editions. One of those was purchased by candidate Francine Scott for District 9. The other was purchased by John Noel, who is a Democratic candidate for the Georgia Public Service Commission. Again, both of those will be on my SoundCloud page, uh, and uh, they'll be featured here on WKZK. And again, if any other candidate or for that matter, any other business is interested in purchasing similar time, I please reach out to me at Janice Allen Jackson at gmail.com. I thank you so much for listening to Local Matters. Uh, I've gotten positive feedback from many of you in the community, and I please ask you to help me spread the word. I started doing this show because there's just so much information people need to have in order to feel like they're a part of the process uh, that results in the priorities and the budget and the laws that are set for our community. Uh, So I hope that this is valuable to you and I want others to know about it as well. As always, I close with 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of these, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making to make sure that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. on WKZK because local matters.